Good morning, River Life. My name is Mark Little Oak, and I come to you. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I just want to say to the team who's going to Germany, the Lord bless you. Thank you for answering your, the call. I love the mission statement from our denomination, all of Jesus, for all of the world. We can draw great encouragement, learning of teams going to different countries and witnessing and serving to the lost with hopes that they see trans spiritual transformation and revival as a result of their faithful service. The Great Commission, if you remember, it is our spiritual mandate given to us by the King himself. He said, Go ye therefore and teach all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Teaching them to observe all the things whatsoever I have commanded you, said the Lord. And then he leaves the believers with this promise. He says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Brothers and sisters of the Lord are being called and commissioned by congregations around the world to take the gospel to unreached people groups. Unreached people groups are those who are said to have 5% or less of biblical worldview. As you pray for those who are going overseas for this purpose, I would ask and encourage you to also pray that there be servants, faithful servants raised up to reach, to go to an unreached people group that many have overlooked. Those who have be recently became the least and the lost of our country, and that is Native American and First Nations people. We fall under that criteria of having a three to five percent biblical worldview. And the question that many have been wrestling with for decades is how do we evangelize the Native American with so much pain and hurt which stands stem from the conflict over land, the placement on reservations, and the assimilation of the residential boarding schools. Not long ago, the Lord put on my heart a vision. It was to do archery and artwork with Native and First Nations people. And the Lord brought it to fruition, praise God. And this morning, I'd like to share with you that ministry. So we're going to show a video of a camp I did in the Black Hills of South Dakota, which is considered sacred land to my people. And we... After prayer, we decided to call this 
Warriors Rise Ministry. And I'll explain more about that, but let's just look at the video. someone hurt me and because I was hurt I couldn't let those things go until one day I read the Bible and it says for if you forgive others their sins against you your heavenly father will also forgive you whenever you forgive someone you gain freedom from that
off a rhino. During this time, I had the opportunity to share the gospel with the, with the youth. I was given an opportunity to weave the gospel through some cultural experiences, addressing the realities of Native American life, addressing the experiences and the struggles that these youth go through. I shared with them how the gospel brought me hope and healing from things in my life like suicide, addictions, abuse, violence, and death. Things that many people are dealing with today all around the world, maybe even in your community. Being able to connect with these young ones through the midst of pain, but sharing the gospel was such a privilege. We got to talk about areas of life that many people don't go to. I was given the vision of this Warriors Rise ministry a while back, and I was in prayer for over a year and a half on when that would happen. And I would confess, there were many, many days and nights where I thought maybe I misinterpreted a dream. I even questioned if, if maybe that was even for something for me to do. Many days I felt discouraged, but I never stopped dreaming or praying. Through the worry and the doubt, I would still recall the overwhelming power that ran through my body when the Lord first gave me that vision. During this time, I've been in school, and there have been other things in life that would come up that would bring me to my knees. But I would always remember during those tough times 
that the Lord did give me a vision. And it turned out greater than I imagined. Because we serve a mighty God. And in his ways, in his timing, everything is perfect. Understand that we're not supposed to worry or be anxious. And Jesus talks about this in Matthew. In chapter 6, verses 25 to 33. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. Matthew 6, 25 to 23. It says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food, says the Lord, and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into oven, which will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and the Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. You see, I knew what I had to do, but I was anxious and worrying about when it would happen. I got so caught up on the when, and I didn't realize that the Lord was waiting to show me the how. In my human tendency to be impatient, I wanted things to happen now, and I didn't stop to think that the Lord was already working. The Lord was already working to prepare me and my team. There were things that were needed to be developed and refined. Now that I look back and see that his timing was perfect. At the end of that passage that we just read, Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be had, added to you. He says, do not be anxious about tomorrow. And for good reason, we must always trust that he is at work and that he will provide. Amen. I had also wondered how 
I would relate the bow and arrow and the gospel, how I would teach these things to the youth. I would ask, how, Lord? Lord, please tell me how. How can I contextualize the gospel without mixing the two belief systems, which is called syncretism? Lord, is it even possible? I had reached out to a few people to help me on this subject before I began this journey, but I got no response, and I was discouraged. I reached out to other people who wrote books and did these other things, and I thought they would know more, and I thought they would provide some guidance, but nobody responded. But again, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Hallelujah. I praise God. Because he began showing me. And he began providing the right teachers and the right encouragement. And it, it hit me. The definition of sin means to miss the mark, which is an arch return. And slowly these teachings started developing on how I could take biblical principles and archery and artwork talk about healing, hope, and restoration. And I also remembered back, if you heard my testimony last night, I was in a drug rehabilitation program for nine months, and in that time I read a book about a man named Crazy Horse who was like Superman to my Lakota people. It was actually the only book I ever read in my whole life for leisure. And in that book, the author, Joseph Marshall III, he shares a teaching about the bow and the life of this man, Crazy Horse. He talks about the life of a young boy. And these words were spoken to the mother by the father when the boy was young. He would say, he is yours for the first years of his life. The boy's mother and the women in his immediate environment nurtured the young boy with gentleness and it was one of the first virtues the young boy would learn. The boy learned the ways of the warrior from his fathers and grandfathers after learning courage and compassion from his mothers and grandmothers. The bow was a tangible sign of the life that lay ahead of the young boy. Crazy horse was given a bow when he was younger to suit his size and strength, but he was not left alone with it. He was taught how to care for the bow, how to carry the bow, and how to shoot the bow. And the writer of the book, he's, he's, he says, careful and, patient, careful and patient instruction from the knowledge and experience of seasoned hunters and warriors turned the gift of the bow into a gift of change. When Crazy Horse was born, he was given that bow to signify the path ahead of him, the path of every young Lakota boy that came into the world. When the Lakota boy was born, it was a celebration because that meant that it coming into the world was a Another protector, another provider, another possible leader.
during this Warriors Rise ministry. I had to paraphrase the teachings, and I drew parallels on how we as Christians should treat the Word of God. During the teaching, I didn't use scripture addresses or Christianese language because a lot of them were unbelievers. So I'm going to share with you in our Christianese the teachings I meant to teach. Because a lot of these kids, they came from homes where they believed in the traditional Native American ways, the spiritual ways. So discernment was needed on how in debt that was supposed to go. But the Lord put on my heart, he says, share the simple gospel. You know, because it's difficult as a Bible college student, I, I want to talk about all these theological terms and concepts. And, but when you're out there in the field, those terms and concepts, they mean nothing. They mean nothing to the lost. They don't understand it. What will speak values is your heart. So I shared with them, and I'll share with you, that we as Christians, we as followers of Jesus Christ, we should care for the, the word of God the way a young warrior was taught to care for the bow. That is by the means of careful study. The word of God says, study to show thyself, approve unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. We as believers should carry the word of God as a Lakota warrior would carry the bow, meaning we live our lives according to the word, for the Bible says don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. We as believers in Jesus should never, I repeat this again, we should never, ever use the word of God as a weapon against people. Never using it to tear down others, but to lift them up according to their needs. It should only be weaponized whenever we encounter spiritual warfare. Scriptures like Ephesians 6. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his strength and his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. In Native ministry, the armor of God is very important because of the, the spiritual things that happen on reservation, the, the unclean things that go on there. You must be prayed up and you must be covered because there is spiritual warfare. During our time, I had the opportunity to have an emotional conversation with one of the youth. The young person shared about their grandma who was in the hospital. And this opened up the door for me to share my testimony about my mother who passed away but went through a lot of physical ailments and visits to the hospital. This conversation led to prayer and later that evening 
one of my team members came and said they had received a message telling me that that young boy's grandma had passed away. The one we were just talking about that evening. The one we just prayed about. I asked my team member, we need to pray. Then the Lord gave me, the, gave me grace and gave me the words to deliver this heartbreaking message, something I had not planned for, something I wouldn't have hoped for. It was a very emotional time, but praise God, this young man showed great strength and perseverance. I had told him that he was welcome to stay at the camp, but if he felt it was too difficult and he wanted to be home, I would take him home. But guess what happened? During this time of grief and sorrow, during this tragedy and heartbreak, the young warrior rose up and said he wanted to finish the camp and he wanted to hear more about this Jesus I was talking about. We spent the rest of that weekend, the week, talking about the Bible, talking, having deep conversations. The second teaching opportunity I had was walking through the therapeutic art exercise. And the focus was bringing our hurts and our struggles to the light and handing them over to the Lord. I called it a transformation exercise based on the scripture found in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians 5.17, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed, and behold, hallelujah, the new has come. I shared with them the things I struggled with in my life. I struggled about how I grew up with hatred. I carried hate in my heart for years. And I read the Bible and I was convicted. It said, above all else, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. First Peter 4, 8. Along with that hatred I carried came unforgiveness. I shared about how in my past I was hurt and because I was hurt, I had unforgiveness. And because I was hurt, I wanted to hurt other people. And I told him, in the Gospel of Matthew, it says, if you forgive others their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. I explained that freedom is the result of forgiveness. Then I shared my struggle with anger. This anger stemmed from the unforgiveness and I had to deal with this anger because it had an impact on how I dealt with people. The Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, he says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let this sin go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. He says, Give no opportunity to the devil because what happens when you go to sleep angry? You just wake up more angry, don't you? You wake up with more anger and leads to hate. It has to, that hate leads to sin. Undoubt, pain and hurt in life leads to such feelings. So I ask God for healing because without healing, these suppressed emotions and feelings and trauma could lead to unhealthy coping mechanisms such as addictions of various kinds. I shared with them 
The same guy, Peter, who was a fisherman, he said, be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And if you look around, the majority of the things that are happening in the world, most of them are alcohol and drug-related. Things happening on my reservation are alcohol and drug-related. Those things are birthed from sin. But there's good news, I told them. I told these young ones, there's good news. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. The first portion of this time I shared with you the ministry. I'm going to spend the latter time of this morning with a short message to encourage you. Encourage you here this morning, those online. I encourage you that when you are feeling anxious or worried about something you hope to happen, or if the Lord has put on your heart a vision and you are feeling impatient or wondering when or how it would happen, I preached at a revival on a reservation, and then at that revival, I was talking about the I am statements of Christ found in John chapter 6. If you remember, after Jesus fed the 5,000, after he walked on water, the crowd who was fed by the Lord, they went looking for him. The crowd brought up the event from the Exodus about the manna from heaven. And they asked the Lord what he would do. Jesus responded to them. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to him, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. This conversation continues to happen. And you see, Jesus, he was telling them. He was telling them, and he's telling us that he can, he can do for us, and he can do for them more than what was done for the Israelites in the Exodus. He said that if anyone eats of this bread, he'll live forever. So you see, Jesus was talking about spiritual transformation. He was talking about a spiritual life. You see, people back then are just like people today. They're more concentrated on what they receive rather than who they receive it from. The Hebrew word for manna means what is it or what is that? The manna was designed to answer that question. The manna was supernatural provision from God. The Israelites lost sight of who and concentrated on it and became, they started complaining about it. What does that say to us today? 
How does that speak to you this morning, brothers and sisters? We must, be, we must remember to be focused on who our provider is and not concerned about what, when, or even how. But always, always trusting in the Lord to fulfill his promises and believing that his grace is provision enough for us. It will always be what he wills. It will always be in his timing. Where and how he sees fit for his ways and his thoughts are higher compared to our ways. And that's why I trust in him. Out of his grace, he will provide ways for us to serve when we are obedient and seeking to be in the center of his will, he will provide all the resources, wisdom, and opportunities to accomplish his purpose. We need not to worry about what or where, but trust in who, that is the Lord. So I ask you this morning, who are you looking for, who are you looking to for your provision? Are you trusting him as your savior? Will we surrender to our Lord and his transforming work of the Holy Spirit in our lives? I'll close with this. The Lord provides. And during the ministry time that the Lord given me the opportunity to participate in, I was ministered to. It was interesting. I had this idea in my head, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna minister to these people and but I was blessed. Because oftentimes those of you who've been on missions, you know that there's a great opportunity that the Lord will also speak to you. That the Lord will touch your heart. The Lord will encourage you, open your eyes to some new things. I'm excited for those going to Germany. I was ministered to by my non-native team members. I was ministered to by the love they showed my people. I was given a lesson on grace. You see, we had an agreement that if we told the youth that if any of them we're not adhering to the rules after the first warning that we'd have someone designated to drive them home. While there was one, one participant who was really struggling, and rather than taking them home, one of my team members exercised grace. They suggested that the young one would stay. We sat down and had a meeting. I was like, we had this in agreement. If you're not following the rules, how are we supposed to, you know, it's going to interrupt what we got going on here. And she said, Brother Mark, I want to tell you, I believe God wants this young one home over here. And, I, and she said, I ask you to think about that. Look at how God provided all the way up to this point. How can you not say this young one should, shouldn't be here? And I, I sat back and I thought about it. I praise God for her 
because her love and her wisdom shown to be of the Lord. Because there was a tremendous breakthrough and it opened up the huge path to minister. My team members showed me what Christianity was. They showed me what ministry was. I was challenged by my team members. They loved my people. My, the Lord gave my team members the eyes to see peop, my people the way the Lord sees my people. They had the eyes to see beneath behavior, beneath appearance, beneath circumstance, beneath situation. And I praise God. That is ministry. They love my people even when it was hard for me to love my people. That's true love. And I got to witness and experience that. We as believers, we are all connected by the same spirit. And I know that we all have our different gifts and talents and past but we should all share the same motivation. And this is the motivation, brothers and sisters, that we should go to bed and wake up grieved knowing that people are dying and going to hell every day, that people are dying without Jesus. So let us not worry, but to trust in the Lord to provide. And let us love others beyond appearance, situation, or circumstance. And be willing to go outside our comfort zone to preach the gospel. As Brother mentioned earlier, I'm going to mention now, Book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 9 to 17, which says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture said, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all. Hallelujah. Bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you, Jesus. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. After hearing this passage of Romans, brothers and sisters, I ask you this question, how beautiful are your feet? I encourage you, whether you're going overseas or here in the community, to be willing to share the gospel. Be willing to ask someone for prayer. Think about what you have inherited the eternal life that you have, the joy in your heart that you have, the peace you have that transcends all understanding. Wouldn't you want that for other people? 
there are many people out there in the world and here in our communities that need to hear the word of God. And we can preach in two ways. We can preach with our words and more importantly, by our actions. That will speak values to people. Jesus said, they'll know you are my disciples by your love. Amen. Thank you all, and thank you for having me. It's good to be here to share the word of God and the ministry to you beautiful people. I never met any Hmong people until this weekend. Well, I met them a couple weeks ago, but to worship with you all, I want to say it's a privilege. It's a privilege, and I praise God. God bless you. Thank you.